What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Stand Up Guys podcast, episode 166. I am your host, the incomparable Zach Jones, joined as always by the Ninth Wonder, Chocolate Thunder, taking dumpkins and getting blumpkins. Step aside oh. the Batman and make way for the Scat Man. Nothing <laughs> makes him moan like a rusty trombone. The phenomenal AJ Singh. All right, hey everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I always wondered what, what of which of my intros do you hate the most? Uh, mostly the uh the poopalade one. <laughs> <laughs> so that one's got to be up there, right? <laughs> Well, guys, it's that time of the week again uh, where we will break down uh, uh, the latest episode of Loki. This is episode three of season two. And uh, AJ, before we uh, you know get into specifics and really break down the episode, uh, any top level thoughts on this episode? Uh, I'm not a big fan of the 1800s. You know, it's just a bad time for black people anyway. <laughs> it just seemed weird to have King in that time period uh yeah it's just it's so dirty there's no technology it's just uh i get that he's a man like who's got ideas that are beyond the scope of what they can do at that time period with the technology they have and everything they're building on that but uh i i just don't like the 1800s as a setting at all anyway so i don't know so like are you not a fan of like westerns and stuff that take you know anything that takes place in the old west uh i mean I get the genre of the Westerns. Like, I, I know going into those, like, what to expect, you know? Like, okay, it's a Western movie. It's going to be about cowboys and, you know, natives or whatever. But in this situation, it's like, this is Kang the Conqueror, and he's in the 1800s? Like, what? Like, in the comics, he's from the year 3000, I think, or something, you know? Like, it just seemed weird to me that... I know it's a variant, but... Well, ugh, I mean, in the comics, like, isn't his origin, like, retcon and stuff? Isn't it very confusing to where, like... yeah. Any yeah, time travels be... all the time. So, like, there's a version of him that's, like, in, like, the ancient past, too, and, like, the future. He's, like, all yeah. over the timeline. So, I think it's... All... it's... So, in the comics, like, they're all... They're supposed to be variants, but then they become just one guy who just doesn't, like... His mind is, like, it's so separated from, like, each person. He kind of forgets, like, he even lived this life. So, it's the same guy, but he just doesn't remember he was this person. Maybe that'll eventually happen here, where all of them get combined <laughs> into one guy or something. <laughs> But, you know, I, I don't mind it because I just, uh, you know, I, I like to, with the show, that mix of genres, like it's a sci-fi show, but we can we can have a little bit of Western mixed in and these kind of mashing up of genres. So, like, I, I kind of like it. You know, I wouldn't want it every episode, but I, I for this uh, one-off episode, I, I kind of liked it. Yeah, it's just, I look, I, I get, I can, I can see the appeal of it also. You know, like, it's kind of like an underdog. Like, a guy from the year 3000, he knows everything. He has all the power. He's, he's like, above and beyond us. But a right. guy from the 1800s, he has to figure it out. Like, he has to learn, like, what am I capable of with this technology now? What can I do? So I do see that part of it. I, I, I definitely think there is upside for, you know, from what I've seen anyway. I think there's a, a way to move up from it. You know, I, I do wonder, though, like, this whole thing about, like, you know, he who remains died, so now all these different variant kangs are popping up but like are, are all the variants like born around the same time like is what i wonder and like are they immortal i don't like i don't know how it works exactly yeah that's a good question um i don't think they're immortal uh but they're all I like think, they're all like think, smart so when they get to a certain age they, they're able to like build the 
time machines and stuff, I guess. Yeah, yeah. They, <laughs> I guess they're all like geniuses. I don't know. I haven't seen a stupid Kang yet, but uh, I mean, I'm sure there is one out there. <laughs> but, Although, uh, you know, we'll find out in this episode, this Kang, like if he didn't have the helping hand that he gets, like would he eventually, you know? That's that's like, what I was thinking too. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I, I know he's the one who puts that in place. You know, it's its own, it's his own, you know, maneuvering, but right. uh, also I have questions. They're probably going to get answered in the future, but why did he choose this one to give this information to? Like, why did he choose this particular variant of himself? You yeah, know? I don't know if they'll ever answer that, but like, you're right. Cause you got to figure, well, it, it, it's tricky because I don't exactly know, like they're going to this 1800 zone, but is this in like let's let's call like um, it seems like there's like a um, a prime timeline, right? Like let's call it the six one six universe like timeline that mm. all of the MCU takes place in. Mm. Like, uh, is this eighteen hundreds they're going to? Would that be on the like the prime timeline, or or is it a variant timeline in the past? You know, they they don't mm-hmm. really say. So like I'm like, well maybe he picked this guy in particular because he's on like the prime timeline. But like maybe like not maybe it's just like a, a, a variant and like maybe he could have like you were alluding to maybe he could have picked any other sort of king on any number of variant timelines and like you're right like why did he pick this guy yeah and you know I still don't know like is one variant or is one king essentially that same king who died is that is is it possible that he comes back or is it is it all just variants of him well I had that same thought too because. You know, we'll find out as we get into it that, like, he who remains put this plan into action before he died. So mm. that's what I was initially thinking, like, oh, like, he, this is his plan to kind of be reborn again, essentially. Like, give this guy the upper hand and it'll become him or, you know, some sort of time paradox thing. Yeah. But then during the episode, that they're like, well, okay, this is a, we got to get this Kang or we got this he who remains variant that can be used to like fix the the time loom or whatever. So like, I, I, I was, I'm not sure. Like my thinking is he who remains is like straight up dead. And like this guy, no matter what, wouldn't exactly be the same guy, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't know okay. for sure. What What are your thoughts on it? I'm up in the air. Like, I don't know for sure. I need some confirmation from the show that he who remains is not coming back and that there's going to be a new version of him, like a, uh, a variant that takes over that spot or something. Yeah. Like maybe they'll answer that eventually, but yeah, I was curious to that myself because you know, when they started putting that into like the thing, I thought, okay, he's like, maybe that's why he did pick, uh, you know, this guy in particular because that was him. And he's like, yeah. and like, or maybe it's a thing where like he, he was like, he figured it out naturally before, but now if I get the upper hand with this book, when I'm a kid, like, I can figure it out even quicker or something like that, you know? Right. But uh, yeah, I'm not exactly sure. I'm curious myself if they'll answer that or not. Um, Now, before we like started the podcast, you were saying you think so far this is your least favorite episode? Yeah. uh, I I just, uh, you know, Kang just comes off as so meek and so, you know, I get that's the point, but we saw him lose to Ant-Man already. Like when is Kang going to be Kang? Like, you know, I'm waiting for, like, the strong, scary villain, you know? like. Well, I, I figure yeah. if they start him this way, though, at least then you get an arc and you get to see him become, like, probably more Yeah, ruthless. for sure. For sure. 
especially him coming from a, a time period where he's never seen anything like what he's seeing around him now in this episode. Like, you know, he's seeing what he calls a wizard. I think he calls Loki a wizard. He's he's right. seeing, uh, you know, all this new technology around him. So he's probably like he's an underdog right now. You know, I, I get that. You know, he did. We'll get into it. He, he did one thing during this episode that I thought, oh, maybe he is a little more like savvy and cutthroat than we thought. Yeah. But then, like, towards the end of the episode, you're like, ah, oh, he does come off as a little bit weak, you know? So yeah. it goes back and forth a little bit. But, yeah, you're right. In this episode, he mostly comes off as kind of kind of meek. But uh, I, I'm okay with it. I will say, though, performance-wise, Jonathan Majors with this version of Kang, very much chewing the scenery. Like, uh, Oh, my he, gosh. When he first started talking at that fair... I was losing my mind. I was like, please stop taking these huge pregnant pauses between these words. Like, just get them out there, man. It was <laughs> we definitely know what you're going to say. Yeah, it was definitely a choice. And he also put in like a little bit of like a, a stutter almost too. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, uh, I was like, okay, he's playing this one big. Um, I mean, with him playing so many Kangs, like I'm kind of okay with it because you want them all to feel different, you know, and you want yeah. – um, but I don't know, maybe a little over the top with this one, but, uh, um, yeah, he definitely played it big. That's, that's for sure. But, uh, you know, I think, like I said, I think he's going to evolve. I don't know how quickly he'll evolve, but I think he'll become like the more competent, uh, you know, have more agency, you know, he'll, he'll be better in the future. I think, I think they're building towards that. You know, I do wonder, like, cause we saw that, that, that stinger on, Quantumania, that you know that whole thing with the arena like full of them and uh, you also had those kind of like three primary ones that you got to figure going to play the biggest part going forward and and most of the other ones we probably really won't explore very much but i think it would be kind of cool if like somewhere in the mix there was like one version of king that kind of uh ended up being a good guy kind of yeah. you know or at least like I, not as like uh, you know, evil as the other ones. I, I think that could be interesting. In the comics, that is the case. Like, there are times where Kang, like, he fights against himself and, like, tries to, you know, he becomes a good guy. I think Iron Lad is one of them. Is that, I think, that, Iron Lad? That sounds right. I mean, uh, I, I've, uh, like, listened to, like, I know I listened to a podcast about Kang, like, a long time ago. And I think mm -hmm. you're right. I think Iron Lad was, like, a version of him or something. Right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, AJ, should we get into the, the the nuts and bolts of this episode? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So Loki, season two, episode three, entitled 1893. Um, I did think it was cool. I, uh, I jotted this down. Uh, they do the opening Marvel theme, but in like the old timey, oh, like, yeah. you know, Wild West piano. I thought that was kind of a cool thing to do. Yeah. Uh, but after the credits... Um, we open up in uh, Old West Chicago in the year 1868. Um, so Renslayer appears out of a time door, and she meets up with Miss Minutes, who is uh, hiding out in a barn. Uh, so Miss Minutes tells Renslayer uh, that she must uh, put this package that she brought along with her um, through a window, and uh, that this is a plan set up by he who remains before he died. Um, I believe she says to protect the timeline. Um and so Renslayer asks uh, Miss Minutes, you know, what what's in it for her? What will she get out of it? And she's like, well, when he he, re he who remains is back in charge of the TVA, 
um, they basically will get a rule by his side. Mm-hmm. Um, so we see a young version of He Who Remains uh, get the package, which ends up being the TVA handbook um, that was, of course, written by OB. Um, and we see that, like, he's got to be somewhat smart here anyway, because, like, the little kid's, like, doing some sort of experiment where he's, like, pouring liquid into, like, beakers or something. Yeah. So he's already, like, into science. Uh, so now we go back to the present day. Uh, so OB tells the team that they have to increase the loom's capacity or it will melt down. Um, I do hope it, it seems like they're going to resolve this storyline next episode, which I'm glad of, because this has been like an ongoing thing of like, Oh, the loom's melting down, the loom's melting down. So yeah, it's been uh, melting down for a while now. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, like you mentioned in the last episode, because they did prune so many of the timelines that at least I guess gave them more time, uh, yeah. which he mentions here as well. Um, so, Without the time aura of He Who Remains, they determined that they need to find Miss Minutes, like she's their next best bet, um, to fix the loom. So they follow uh, the hit they got on Renslayer's temp pad. So Mobius and Loki, uh, I guess there was two hits on her temp pad, one in 1868 and one in 1893. So they go to 1868 first. They look around a little bit. <laughs> it's it's funny because in the like um like there's this one set they like. Uh, run around it and, and they do it again later. So you can like tell like they're getting the most use they can out of this like wild west <laughs> set where they <laughs> run around this same block. But anyway, they have a look around, they don't see her. So Mobius is like, well, let's go check out the other hit on her time pad, which is the same place, but only in 1893. Uh, so they go uh, to 1893 and it's the Chicago world's fair. Um, so they're walking down the street and they're wondering like where they should go. Uh, when conveniently a, a little newsy type newsboy uh, comes by and he's like, uh, you know, uh, sell a newspaper. And the, the headline is there's a, a ghost clock. You know, people is, oh, yeah. are saying they saw a ghost clock haunting. So they're like, oh, OK, Miss Minutes lead. So Moby's buys a paper. Um, so they walk around some more uh, looking for Miss Minutes. Uh, there's this little thing where they see a wood carving of uh, Thor, Odin and Balder. Really, and, really close approximations. Like in the 1800s, they uh, you see the Odin statue. It looked like pretty close to him. I didn't look at it in detail. Was it pretty close to like uh, Anthony it seemed, Hopkins? It seemed. It looked a lot like you know what you would describe like the MCU Odin. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, in the original Thor movie, like um, I be- I believe like you know Odin did like you know visit Earth like and got in some sort of fight, and that's where like. Norse mythology was like born out of you know no, I, I understand that but I thought that was like thousands of years ago <laughs> it, it, it would have been well <laughs> may, maybe they made um like uh carvings out of stone and then like uh, <laughs> no, I don't know you're right it, it's a little preposterous you know they also had one of Balder yeah. who used to be like a big deal in the comics I wonder why mm. they didn't use Balder in the um Thor movies at all but isn't he like uh, Thor's grandfather? I don't remember the exact relation. I just remember he's supposed to be like this great warrior, you know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, um, so they look around some more and Loki sees a sign advertising Victor Timely's Temporal Marvel. And so they're like, oh, it deals with time. This has got to be it. Uh, so they go yeah. to this show. And before it opens, Mobius spots Renslayer in the audience. And like he's going to head over to her. But Loki's like, no, don't do it yet. And then the lights go down and the show starts. 
Um, so on stage, there's an early version of the time loom and uh, uh, Victor Timely comes out. And yeah, I wrote down, yeah, Victor chooses the scenery <laughs> um, about how he wants to power the whole world. And then he turns the loom on and it like shoots electricity all over the place. And I'm like, this thing seems like it could have killed somebody. <laughs> yeah. And like, I don't know why people like, so people end up wanting to buy it, but I'm like, how do you know what it does so far? It's just a big contraption that shoots electricity around. Like, I don't, I know it, it might power a light bulb here and there, but it could kill a bunch of people. Who knows what it could do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, and the other thing is like, I was like, okay, it's interesting that he has like an early version of the time loom, but yeah. like this doesn't do what the time loom does. Like this just no. seems like some sort of power generator, you know? Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, I guess eventually he does something to it to create the time loom. Um, but yeah, the, the crowd is kind of in awe of all the electricity and everything. Uh, so Renslayer goes over and tries to talk to Timely, uh, but she gets interrupted by this uh, guy with like a huge mustache, huge mustache man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's uh, he says he wants to partner with Timely. And basically he's like, oh, you just have to sign the patent over to me and then I'll uh, use my factory to like uh, machine it and everything. So like, you know, mm-hmm. he's basically trying to screw him over and steal the patent. Yeah. Uh, so timely refuses and he's like, no, I don't, I don't uh, do partners. But then like you were saying, like instantly all the men are like, they get into this bidding war. They're like, okay, well I'll buy this, you know, machine from you. And they start bidding. But I'm like, and eventually like uh, mustache guy offers a thousand dollars and timely's like, oh, okay, I'll take it. And, like, we find out in a minute that it seems like Timely was kind of, like, you know, playing these guys, conning them somewhat. But it seems like <laughs> if they had the the machine, like, they could still possibly recreate it and, like, you know, make money off of it. You know, I don't know. It just seemed like maybe it would not have been a smart thing for him to, like, let them go see the machine. But I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um. Uh, Renslayer mentions the Miss Minutes like she's surprised like like this weird guy is is going to become he who uh, he who remains. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a scene uh, where Loki steps on this big guy's foot. The guy wants to fight him. And he's like, "You want to go outside and fight?" Uh, Loki uses his magic to make him disappear, which you know delights the crowd. Now I don't remember like you know in most time travel stories you know they're. They're very like, oh, the butterfly effect. Like, you got to make sure you don't ruffle too many feathers. It could, you know, really screw things up in the future. Like, it seems like in this show, like, they really <laughs> do some things, you know, that could have disastrous effects, you know? Right. I mean, uh, Renslayer already leaving the book is enough to, like, change the, the history of everything in the mm-hmm. universe, I guess. <laughs> right. That's true, yeah. Uh, so Timely goes outside. Renslayer catches up to talk to him. But instantly, Mobius and Loki, like, butt in. Um, and then this was a weird scene. But they, they run into, like, this councilman guy who bought, like, these faulty trousers from Timely that I guess were supposed to, like, make him look taller or something. Yeah. And Timely is like, oh, I'll, I'll fix them next week or something to get rid of him. And then Loki's like, oh, you're a con man. Um, and um, I think Timely has this line about how he's like, he's like, my ideas are sound. I just don't have the technology to make them come to life or something like right. that, you know? Um, but then that big mustache guy from before that paid him the thousand dollars, he shows up and he's like, your invention was a fake. And he like, he's holding part of it or something. 
like a couple of like, wires or something. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like, was it a fake? Because like it did something on stage, you know? Yeah. It it wasn't total. It, like it might have been busted after he turned it on that one time, but hey, it looked like it was gonna blow up. It's, I think it stopped working at some. I'm not sure, but even either way, like it was a prototype. He even told them. Yeah. So I just thought it was kind of weird. But uh, anyway, that guy starts to chase Timely. Timely runs away. And eventually he loses this guy on this uh, Ferris wheel. Like he pretends to go in the Ferris wheel compartment. Or, well, he does go in there. And then the other guy goes in and he sneaks out and the Ferris mm-hmm. wheel takes off. By the way, I've never seen a Ferris wheel like that with like the huge compartments that fit like a bunch of different people. I'm like, is that a real thing? I don't know that. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, so B-15 calls Mobius. This is another thing. I like that their technology is so sound that they can just have like a crystal clear, like (laughs) cell phone call, like over hundreds of years, you know? (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. Um, so Mobius says, uh, they have a, he who remains variant and can use his temporal aura to fix, uh, the loom. Okay. Um, Casey, who's also on the line. Um, says he had a weird temp pad reading 10 feet from where Mobius is standing. And sure enough, uh, Sylvie shows up, uh, her like ma- green magic poof, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think when she enters, like it knocks Loki and Timely into like one of those empty Ferris wheel compartments. Right. Um, so she's trying to kill Timely. And of course, Loki is trying to stop her. Uh, Loki tells Sylvie, He's like, I know you just want to go back to that variant timeline you're on and chill by the McDonald's or whatever. But he's like, if you kill this guy, the loom's going to break and we're all going to be dead. You're not going to be able to go back. I I had issue with Sylvie here. I I mean, look, okay, so you're a Loki variant. Like, she knows, like, what Lokis have done. She knows what the Loki she's friends with has done. She knows, like, she shouldn't be blamed for that other person's crimes. And what's she going to do? Like, kill every variant of uh, He Who Remains? Like, (laughs) it just seems like it doesn't make sense to me, her thinking. I mean, that's kind of how they set it up, is, like, she hates He Who Remains so much that, like, she's going to stomp out every variant of him. But at the same time, like, I know she's had issues with Loki, but you would think she would trust him enough to be like, oh, okay, I I see your point. Like, uh, like, I hate this guy, but everything's going to be destroyed if I don't let you like. True. Yeah. She won't even have a world to go back to. Everything will be gone. But she's still hell bent on killing him. But, you know, most of the Lokis, they're schemers in some way. So you would almost think like, okay, like she would go, okay, I'll go to the TVA with you. I want to see this. And like, after he like fixes the loom, then she right. would be like, okay, I'm going to kill him. Now. You know, exactly. so, or something like that, you know, uh, it just seems like she would be smarter than just to be like this bloodthirsty, like, you know, oh, I'm going to kill him. You know, like she, she should be smarter than that. You know, she should scheme a little bit. Yeah. But I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> um, so Sylvie sees Timely with the TVA book and she very quickly puts it together that, oh, like Renslayer must have gave it to him. You know, mm-hmm. uh, um, so Loki and Sylvie's, uh, they have like a magic off their magic clashes and Loki and Timely are thrown out of the Ferris wheel down to the ground. Um, so Miss Minute, she grows really large uh, to scare away the crowd, which, uh, again, if the butterfly effect is at all a thing, like they're really screwing up this timeline. <laughs> um, so uh, 
while Miss Smith scares everyone away, Renslayer grabs Timely and they get away. Uh, they go to like, um, well, I don't know. Like Timely apparently has like a place while he's in Chicago. We find out in a minute, like his main lab is not in Chicago, but he's got a little house here or something. So they go there. Um, he does show Renslayer. He, he made like this fancy, like, uh, office chair like lazy boy or something that like <laughs> can go up and down and he even has like a refrigerator in the bottom you know oh and it right. heats up i think too um so they tell timely about he who remains and um how they need to fix the loom um oh, i think i might have skipped over it's not a big deal but um while they were in the ferris wheel um mobius like tried to get renslayer to like work with him and like she kept refusing, basically. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so he's like, Well, you know, Loki said the same thing to me. So like, why aren't you you guys working together if you seem to be on the same page? <clears throat> and she says he can't be trusted. And uh Miss Minutes says Loki is uh the one that killed he who remains. Um so Timely says Loki was um uh, protecting him from Sylvie. Um so he's uh, still like um a, a little like you know, confused mm-hmm. and Renslayer's like, Oh yeah, he often switches sides, plays both sides, that kind of thing, you know? Mm. <clears throat> so angry mustache man from before uh, starts banging on the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Timely's like, well, it's time to go. Uh, and Renslayer's like, well, we can just take a time door to the TVA. <clears throat> but Timely says, uh, Nope, I can't leave without my newest prototype. And that's in my lab across the lake. He says, because I think he says he lives in like his labs in like Michigan or some something like that. Something like that, yeah. Um. So Loki uses his magic uh, to scare away the uh, the men. <laughs> oh yeah, because like um, I forget exactly what happens here. Basically, Timely and Renslayer get away. The Mustache Man like runs around and he runs into Loki's Loki and Mobius, and so uh, Loki just quickly you know uses his magic and it like um scares those guys and they go away mm-hmm. um so once again they like run around that uh, old time set uh <laughs> to use that again uh and like you know they find out oh yeah we lost uh timely um so b15 they call b15 to run a trace on renslayer's location so timely and renslayer um they go to this ship and I noticed, like, it was weird. They did some ADR, like, because um, they just show the boat, but we're hearing Timely's voice, like, tell the boat people, like, yeah, I'll take my usual, like, accommodation yeah. or whatever. <laughs> and so I'm guessing, like, this is because they're black. They can't ride on the main part of the ship. So they end up riding in one of the um, lifeboats that's hanging on the side of the boat. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Timely and Rensselaer start talking. And uh, he said this device he's going to get is the key to understanding and controlling time. Uh, and Timely also, he puts it together also that Renslayer must have gave him the, the book uh, when he was a kid. And uh, she admits to that. Um, so he gets out this journal that he has. It has like all of his ideas jotted down. And he shows her a picture of this device he calls the um, Thought Put Multiplier, which he says can help with the loom. So I'm guessing that's the thing they're talking about that can make the loom so it can handle a larger number of uh, like variant timelines. Is that what you got out of that? Yeah. 
the only thing is, didn't we already see like OB like building that thing in the last episode? Yeah, I'm not sure. I thought, yeah, he did build something there, didn't he? I don't he know. Built, he built something, and then when he tried to hook it up, that's when he found out like he, he needs could, his aura. He need, yeah, he needs aura. Um, so timely gives um uh her a flower made out of paper, and we kind of get the sense that these guys are falling for each other, like they kind of romantically like each other. Yeah. Uh, but then this was a um, I thought like kind of the most surprising thing in the episode. So like. Renslayer falls asleep and she wakes up to the lifeboat being detached from the ship and like falling in the water. And like we look up, she looks up and like timely and miss minutes are like, you know, waving goodbye to her. Like um, they got their own plan or whatever. And this is what I was referenced earlier. Like this, I thought, okay, this is kind of interesting because it didn't seem like a move that timely would necessarily make. It seemed like, Oh, maybe he is a little more devious than he's letting on. Yeah. I'm, I guess there was a point at the beginning of the episode where, like, somebody tells him, like, that guy, the mustachioed man, says, like, you know, let's make a partnership, and he refuses. And that word comes up again when uh, Renslayer is talking to him, we're going to be great partners or something along those lines. And, oh, yeah, uh, right. I think that's what turned him off and uh, caused him to react that way. But, uh, I mean, they got to dig deeper into why he's so against partnerships. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but then again, like, doesn't he instantly, you know, we find out it's short-lived, but he kind of, you know, makes a partnership with Miss Minutes, seemingly, right <laughs> yeah. there. Um, so Timely gets to his lab, and he grabs his device, and he attempts to leave. Um, but now Miss Minutes uh, uh, takes a turn, and she gets real creepy. Uh, she's like, no, uh, we shouldn't go right now. We need to lay low. And uh, she she basically expresses jealousy of um, Renslayer. And like, yeah. seemingly, like it seems like she's in love with Timely. Yeah, uh, she says how thankful she was to he who remains for giving her autonomy, and like says he would always like play chess with her and stuff. But he says, but she says the thing um, he never gave her to make her complete was a body. And um, there's like in in his shop, there's like a bunch of mannequins. And like um, she like puts her face on like one of the mannequins' bodies, you know. Yeah. And I forget exactly what her dialogue is. Like at, at first, it seemed like maybe she was going to convince Timely to make her a body, but then she got so creepy, like it creeped him out, and he like you know turned her off. Um, yeah, she seemed mad. <laughs> <laughs> like, what did you think of this turn? It almost makes me. I thought it was. I actually thought this was probably the thing I found most interesting in the episode was kind of Miss Minutes like heel turn here. And yeah. like it, it it makes me think like they have more plans for her, like bigger plans than maybe you would think. Yeah, uh yeah, I mean she's she explained that she's uh kind of like coded herself after a while, so she's developed herself uh, autonomously. I don't know. I mean, yeah, she is a she is like a she has free will, so she can do whatever she wants. I'm not sure what her plan is. She's definitely uh, stirring the pot. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he turns her off, and then this is something that happens in a lot of shows, and I I find it kind of silly, but Renslayer like shows up. She's like in that room, and I'm like, how did she get there? How long has she been there? I mean, I guess if she somehow came through her <clears throat> time door, she could have done it that silently. But yeah. it's like there's no way she could have got there ahead of them, you know. And even like. I'm almost like, how does she track them down anyways? I don't know. It's just one of those things you got to just like go, 
okay, she did it. But like, <laughs> I don't know. You can't think too hard about it. Right. Uh, but she's, she like appears in that room and she's got like some sort of crude weapon that Timely made. It's just like, it a, looks like a, yeah, it looks like one of those pruning sticks. It does kind of, that's, yeah, it kind of looks like, maybe it's like a uh, early version of a pruning stick. Yeah. I was just like, he made that in the 1800s? That's insane. Which I guess if he had the TVA book, it kind of makes sense with this whole thing where he's like, the ideas are solid. I just can't quite make it yet. So that's kind of technology for the. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Even, yeah, even though he says that he's, he's making things that he couldn't have made during that time period <laughs> right yeah um so she starts threatening him with that weapon and right on cue loki and mobius show up and uh, mobius pleads with her not to hurt timely although i don't think she would have anyway because she kind of needs him for her plan yeah um i forget her exact dialogue here but she has a speech about how she represents order and how the tva fell into chaos uh without her but i'm like how would she really know that Cause like, yeah, she hasn't been there. Yeah, she hasn't been there. Like for all she knows, like the TVA could be running just fine. And really, besides the whole loom exploding thing, it is running relatively well. <laughs> I mean, she doesn't know about the loom anyway. <laughs> well, no, I think she does. Um, because she in that in the conversation when they were at his house in Chicago, like mm-hmm. she mentioned that the loom was falling apart. So, oh, okay. I think Mobius told her. Oh, right. yeah, makes sense. Um. So Sylvie once again explodes into the room with her magic and that knocks everybody down. <laughs> it's convenient for her. Like when she appears places like her magic's just going to destroy it. Like, you know, she gets an upper hand, like instantly everyone's going to get yeah. knocked down. Like, can she just appear in a room without messing everything up? <laughs> uh, but anyway, she threatens timely, puts a sword to his throat. And uh, he's basically like pleading with her saying like, you know, I haven't done anything wrong. But she's like, you will. Um, you'll do terrible things. You'll take away everybody's free will. Um, but Timely's like, in my heart, that's not who I am. And so he eventually talks uh, Sylvie out of killing him. Which was insane. You're telling me Sylvie's mind was changed that easily because a guy was like, I won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, they gave him the book for a reason. Like, there must be a reason this is the one they chose to, like, Renslayer chose to help and and that he who remains chose to help like uh, I don't know you know I would kind of like it if in the next episode he fixes the loom and Sylvie does show back up to mess him up and be like sucker is <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that at again, least makes sense yeah. I, I would like that just because it would show like okay like she didn't really fall for this thing she just you know became like pragmatic enough to be like okay, this guy does have to save the world before I can kill him. You know, something like that. Right, yeah. So Loki, Mobius, and Timely walk through the time door, but then they uh, look back and Sylvie's like, you know, I'll deal with this lady, with the Renslayer. Uh, So Sylvie threatens her and she's like, if you're going to kill me, just kill me. And uh, Sylvie's like, no, what you want is power, right? You want to end up uh, at the end of time with he who remains. So she's like, I'm going to grant your wish. So um, she opens up the door, uh, a time door, and kicks uh, Renslayer through. And she basically goes to the end of the time where we see, like, uh, he who remains, like, his remains, I guess. Like, yeah. his rotting corpse, you know? Yeah. Uh, so Renslayer um, uh, opens up Miss Minutes. 
And Miss Minute says she knows a secret about Renslayer, but it's going to make her very, very angry. And so that's the cliffhanger uh, we go out on for the next episode. Wait, she, she knows a secret about Kang, right? That's what, she, that's what she said? I thought she said she had a secret about Renslayer. Oh, okay. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe she said Kang. I thought she said uh, Renslayer. No, I could be wrong. I might have misheard that. If she did, do you have any guesses of what that might be? No idea. <laughs> I mean, they've completely, this whole Kang, like from the 1800s, everything is like so weird to me. Like, if you know, I don't know where they're going with this. Like, I, I, I get that they're going to like, you know, he's going to become smarter really fast. He's going to figure out things really quickly now, but I don't know. You know what I think would be kind of interesting is because we don't know what Renslayer's former life was and we don't know what, uh, at least I don't think we, and we don't know what Moby's no, Renslayer was a uh, principal in a hospital or at a school. Oh yeah, we do. We did see that. In, that yeah. Well, I, I thought it would be interesting to find out that like her and Mobius were like a married couple. Right. That'd and they don't remember. Man. Yeah, that would be a good twist. I, yeah, I would think that would be kind of a cool twist. Because, yeah. you know, they have, like, this contentious relationship. It would be kind of cool if they found out, oh, man, like, we were husband and wife. We loved each other. Right, yeah. Huh. I'm. That's probably uh, wrong, but I just thought that would be a cool twist. Yeah, that would be something I wouldn't have expected, yeah. Yeah. And it's also, like, it is something that Miss Mintz would probably think would anger Renslayer, but, you know, yeah. yeah. that's just a guess, but I think that would be cool. Um. Well, that was the episode. Um. So I imagine, you know, we got our lead into the next episode, which is them, you know, presumably fixing the loom. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's interesting, though, because that's kind of been like the um, urgent, like, you know, ticking clock. Right. If they do fix that next episode, then what do you think, like, the next, you know, big thing? Like, do you think they – what do they do with Timely? Do you think they, try, like, imprison him? I mean, yeah. <laughs> Are they going to – yeah, I don't know. I think – all the Kangs are enemies at this point, right? Yeah, you would think so. You would at least think they would, you know, largely consider pruning him from the timeline. Right, yeah. But I think after he fixes, or like maybe before he fixes the loom, like he'll be like, I'm going to need some guarantee or something that I won't be killed. Or I don't know, maybe Sylvie will come into play and she'll do something with him. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. It could be that this king is actually good, you know, like it could be that he proves himself like they, they're kind of setting up this, you know, that path that, you know, he's talked to Sylvie and said, you don't know what's in my heart. Who knows? Maybe he's a good king, but uh, I don't know. I think it, like I was uh, saying early on in the episode, I think it would be cool for them to have at least one good Kang on their side yeah. in this fight against all the other Kangs. Mm -hmm. And it would kind of make sense that if there's so many variations on him, like that a single one would be kind of good, you know? Yeah. I, I like that idea. Um, um, but yeah, I, uh, I think next episode will be interesting just because like I said, like so far the, like the big threat has been the loom and it seems like they're going to get that resolved. So it's like, and we're halfway through the season now. So it's like, for the back half of the season, what's going to be the big driving like um, drama, you know, that needs to be resolved. Right. Exactly. Um, well, AJ, any final thoughts on this episode or uh, things you're looking forward to uh, in the next episode? I, I, I'm really interested in seeing where they go with this version of Kang, like what he does, what his choices are. Uh, just, I, I want to see what, who he becomes. You know, 
What's kind of interesting, though, is when they revealed their roadmap before, like, I don't think they had, like, a third season of Loki before the Kang Dynasty movie. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, like, I'm wondering if the whole Kang story is going to get enough room to breathe and be, like, as satisfying as, like, the Thanos story was, you know? Um, Because, like... I, I don't feel like we're going to get a ton. Like, we, we might get Kang cameos in other movies, but I don't think we're going to get as much, like, development as we are in lo- the Loki show, you know? Yeah. As, as far as Kang goes, so. Um, do you think that Victor Timely will be the only Kang variant we see this season? I kind of think... I think so. I, I, I could possibly see, like, a, another quick cameo by those three that we saw at the end of Quantumania, but I kind of yeah. think... I kind of think, yeah, he'll probably be the only one we really spend any time, any amount of time with uh, yeah. during this season. Uh, but yeah, I think I think I, overall I like this episode uh, better than last episode, but still probably not as uh, as well as the first episode. But I, I still enjoy. It. I don't yeah. I don't mind going to the Wild West. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to me, this is like so far my least favorite episode. But at the same time, there's a lot of mo- maneuvering they can do from here. So let's see. Like they set up the stage for who this guy is, and now they're going to show us what he can do. So I'm interested. And this episode was still miles ahead, uh, you know, from any episode of Secret Invasion or yes, yes, any of them, I would watch so. this a thousand times more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they're on a good track, I think. <laughs> Um, well, uh, everybody, thank you, uh, for, uh, watching our review. Um, if you will, um, you, please, uh, leave comments, tell us uh, what you thought of this episode, what you're looking forward to, uh, any predictions you may have, um, subscribe, uh, to the YouTube channel. It helps us out a lot. Uh, if you like the, uh, to listen in audio version, you can also, uh, subscribe on your podcast catcher of choice. Leave us a thumbs up, positive reviews, all that good stuff. Uh, if you like, you can follow me over on Twitter slash X at Zach Jones Live. That's Z-A-C-H-J-O-N-E-S-L-I-V-E. And that's going to do it for all of our shenanigans and poppycock this week. Please, please, please tune in again next week. Bye, guys. Take care. <laughs>